In the spring, I joined Mycelium Youth Network at Pear Tree Community School as they were finishing their six-week program entitled Science for Survival, where youth learned water catchment, water purification, created emergency bags, made tinctures and salves, went on a medicinal first aid walk, and conducted a mini home assessment of needs. Mycelium Youth Network educates young people on building eco-sustainable communities while maintaining personal and environmental health in the face of climate change. Drawing from local indigenous traditions as well as visionary imaginings, Mycelium Youth Network's science, technology, engineering, arts, and math or STEAM-based curriculum offers customizable short-term workshops and long-term trainings that teach youth strategies to address ecological degradation, as well as techniques that will enhance their ability to respond to environmental emergencies effectively and efficiently. Mycelium Youth Network curriculum and design is based on the practices of youth participatory action research. Given the right tools and planning, youth have the power and adaptability to survive and thrive in a climate-challenged world. When I first learned about mycelium, I was just—I heard a, like a podcast where they were explaining um, how. Okay, <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> um, I heard a podcast about how um, the mycelium like connects the trees and shares food and the communication between the trees and I was in such awe and like I went camping that night uh -huh. and I was like usually at night I get often scared because it's dark and like the unknown right but I was just so happy and I was like looking at the trees and I'm just like they're talking to each other they are they are <laughs> and that was pretty amazing it makes me feel less scared you know because you kind of grow up thinking like oh like when you're out here it's like you're alone quote unquote right, alone right. but it's like we're not <laughs> there and then they're feeding each other nutrients and supporting mm -hmm. one another. I've actually seen, it's like the mycelium network is present at my house. Oh. Cause we have like mushrooms that are going and everything, but like I can see the ways in which from like year one, when we first moved there mm -hmm. to now, like how much things have actually grown. And I could tell that it's them supporting one another. Executive Director of Mycelium Youth Network, Lil Milagro Enriquez, is from New Orleans, where her family survived Hurricane Katrina, one of the nation's most infamous climate change-related disasters. Lil is a 17-year veteran of social and environmental justice activism and has worked on a myriad of issues, including access to higher education for low-income people and communities of color, food sovereignty, environmental racism, union democracy, and labor organizing. In 2010, she received a graduate degree in social and cultural anthropology. Her master's thesis focused on deforestation and cultural and ecological survival of Nahuatl peoples in Western El Salvador. Her current doctoral research examines the connection between women's faith and political activism in immigrant communities. Lil currently serves as the NorCal Resilience Network and International Transformational Resilience Coalition Steering Committees. She was awarded the Jonathan Daniels Memorial Fellowship for Social Justice, the National Women's Studies Award for her leadership and cutting edge participatory action research, and the Social Justice Research and Community Service Award for her master's thesis. So I'm here with Lil of Mycelium Youth Network. Um, can you tell us about how you chose the name Mycelium? Yeah, so it was, 
it was interesting because I was going back and forth for months and months and months on it. Actually, we got fiscal sponsorship before we even got the name. Uh, and I wanted to convey something that was both really hopeful and also really attentive to this moment in time that we're in, in terms of everything that was happening with climate. And so I was actually, I had just finished meeting with one of our board members, Pablo Cor Dr. Pablo Cornejo, and in Chico, and me and Danny were driving back and we were kind of going back and forth and thinking about names. And he's like, well, he's like, have you thought about mycelium? And I was like, I don't even know anything about mycelium. I'm not a mushroom person. And I was like, what's up with mycelium? And so he started telling me about this documentary that he had watched where all of these trees, or how the mycelium network connects the majority, I think it's like 70, maybe up to 85, 90% of all like tr or all living um, like flora or like to each other. Uh, so like all the trees, all the bushes, everything. And he's like, and it all connects in this like underground network and they call it like the, like the underground internet and you know if a tree is feeling sick then they'll pull resources away for that trick or if a tree is sick and diseased they'll pull resources away so that that tree dies out so it doesn't infect others around them then when you have baby little trees it'll support the baby it'll send additional resources and support and so it's consistently monitoring where different trees are at and different plants are at and sending resources appropriately and i'm like that's awesome and he's like yeah and so we went home that night and we watched the documentary and I started seeing it and I started thinking about how this is how I wanted mycelium to be. Like I wanted us like youth to connect to one another in this underground way um, to prepare for climate change. So if there was an area in Oakland that wasn't, you know, that didn't have as much um, you know, water safety, you know, or water infrastructure that like, you know, youth can go over there and be like, hey, we can help build you this, we can help build this up for you. Or if there was, you know, an area in Oakland where, you know, or like somebody's family who was having a really difficult time, they're like, let's create a medicinal first aid kit. And so I wanted what the youth were doing to mirror this like underground system that keeps the majority of the planet alive and healthy and thriving. Uh, and and so, yes, yeah, so that's where I came up with the name. Yeah, I love that, too, that it's like our way of safety and security and helping each other is just integrated right that's right in us in our community right and we have to be interconnected to that we can't and we need the diversity of what that means because that actually strengthens the mycelium network to have a lot of diverse resources um, and support around each other right so they can connect after a walking tour of the land and arroyo viejo creek lil leads us back to the classroom where her partner danny has set up materials for today's lesson Danny of the Opata Nation is a PhD candidate at UC Davis in Indigenous Studies and has over 15 years of teaching at the K through 12 and college levels. The students are continuing their lessons following the theme, Water is Life. They are reminded that the water cycles in nature are reflected in the water cycle of our bodies. Today's focus is on the filtration system. Similar to the role of kidneys, the students will be exploring how water is cleansed and filtered in nature. Danny has prompted the students to collect materials from the land to recreate their own filtration systems in the classroom. A different type of rock would totally work. Okay. Would work, but it might not work the way I think it would. It might work, I think, smoother, no holy rock. Wouldn't work that well, because it have no holes. What are you going to try, Messiah? Um, I'm going to try to look for rocks and, um, I'm going to try to look 
try with uh, dry stuff in this bag and wet stuff in the other bag. Oh, nice. And what's that big piece right there you got? Um, this is bark from the tree. I'm not sure which one. What is all that? What do you have there? Stuff! What kind of stuff? <laughs> yeah. That's greenery. Greenery? Just, just greenery. I'll get some of these leaves. They might work. Like every time. A little help here. <laughs> yeah, there's one. Have you been part of the mycelium? Yeah, we're from Mills. We're just oh, volunteering. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I was just there for a musical. My oh, friend right. did. He said, well, did the letters to my ex. Oh, cool. I've never I hung out on that. that campus before. It's really beautiful. It's, and this is a really nice spot, too. I've never, I've never been, been in this part right. at all. How did you guys um, connect with Mycelium? So we're um, part of this class called Intro to Study of Religions. And to graduate from Mills, you have to fulfill like a community-engaged learning credit. Mm -hmm. And so that's integrated into different classes. And so for this one, it was to work with um, some sort of like community, social justice, religious or spiritually based organization. Awesome. So then we picked this one, which yeah. I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. It's great. I really wanted to do something that was related to like the environment. Mm -hmm. um, and I grew up really rurally, so I see like a lot of personal value in that. Yeah. So it's been, mm -hmm. it's been really cool to work with them. Yeah. And it's fun to watch them be like, really engaged and that's yeah, been really good. Yeah, they're really bright. Yeah. They are. They are. And with everything, it seems like everything that uh, Lil and the other like educators have put on, they've been really engaged, which is great. Yeah, it's like um, I work at a school where I, I know some of the students, mm -hmm. and I, I do after-school art with them. Oh, cool. And kids can just handle a lot more than people realize. Yeah, If you just right? offer it or just have... Sometimes, because I teach art, so we're painting, I teach dance, but with painting, you're sitting, sitting and hanging out. And some of the topics that they come up with is so profound. And right. I'm like, ooh, they're having some right. deep talks. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know if I should like <coughs> step in and moderate. But I'm like, sometimes the other kids moderate each other. And I'm like, That's oh, super they're interesting. having some yeah. intense conversation. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Of course, like if you give it to them, they can handle it. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. that this has been like a really great reminder of that. You know? yeah. And it's just funny that we underestimate children considering we were all once there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, let's go. So, this water right here represents the dirty water that the wetland is going to filter with. Hold on. Your next step, take whatever materials you got. Well, actually, step one, take this cotton ball and put it at the base right here. And then stick it, stick it in there with a finger. Then step two, figure out what materials you want to put in first, second, third, and build a filter using the materials. Do you have any leaves? I have leaves. I'll probably put a rock in first. Um, dirt. So I'll put some rocks in. I have rocks. Okay, so take a look over here, everyone. So, once you have your filter set up. Stuffed. Okay, Neto has it stuffed to the brim. Then, make sure you have plenty of soil in, in your water. Then what you want to do is you're going to pour this into here. But I want you to pay attention to a few things. 
One, how long does it take the water to go through here and into here? Two, how clear is the water down here when it's done? Okay, um, I'm not against competition, so I just want to see who can actually get the clearest water at the, at the end of the filter. That's what I did. I, okay. I did that, so, but I competed against myself. Yeah, that's, that's good, Miko. That's the best person to compete against is yourself. Not we can test with just the cotton Oh, that's a good idea. Mine is really not clear. You got all the big stuff out. Okay. So I wanna take I wanna take you all through this. May I borrow this? Okay, this is the testing one. This is just a cotton ball. As you can see, the water is very dirty. The cotton ball was able to get most of the chunks out, like the big chunks, but the water itself was dirty. Let's take a look at Neto's. Neto's filter got most, if not all, of the, the big chunks out. And you can see the, the big chunks up here, but it's still pretty dirty. So this is actually a step in any water cleaning system. The first step is to get all the big chunks out. And then the next step is to purify even more so. So don't, don't feel bad that, you know, your, your water still looks dirty. That's still an important step in the water filtration system. Okay, then I'll go try it again. Okay, this one, wow. They're actually using less material. If you notice, the water's coming out very, very slowly. That's a good indication. When the water comes out slowly, that means it's taking a long time to travel through the filter. And you can also see that the water looks a little bit cleaner. You still wouldn't want to drink it, but it's still um, traveled through. What did you all put in here? We put ferns, I put a little bit of dirt, um, and then I put um, um, a bark, um, moss. Okay. Put, yeah, the moss, the, um, some moisturized like leaves and stuff. Okay, so it's not always about the quantity of stuff that you put in. Nettle put in everything in the, in, the, in, the, in the kitchen sink. It's not always about the quantity, but it's about the type of things that you put in there and their ability to filter. Um, we probably should have put in more bark or like less dirt because we're trying to get away, the, take away the dirt. More dirt. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick look here. This is taking a really long time. Which is a good sign when it moves through slowly, because that means the water is cleaner. This one might be the cleanest one of all. What did you all put in here? Rocks, dry grass, um, bark. Okay. What I want everyone to do is I want you, we're going to take out the, um, the pads now. There could be one per table. Okay, so one per table. You all have a lab right here. Specifically, I want you to look at step six. How might you improve the fil filtration device? And which media would you recommend as a filter? Step six and seven. 
want you to talk in your groups, and then we'll come back. So, how might you improve the filtration device? I think it would have been cool if we had just done more rocks, but like <coughs> smaller. Yeah, like, like, like set it up so like like the bigger rock, like some maybe some bigger rocks on the bottom, and then slightly bigger rocks and then smaller ones, and then you put in the sand or whatever. Yeah, and you could use the small rocks to fill those spaces. Dirt. It's like a sponge you need. Too bad you can't like purify it to the point of being able to drink it, you know? But I think, I think now that we did it one more time. I mean it's cleaner it's visibly, but the tiny little like the tiny little things, things that live in the water are still there, you know what I mean? You could, you could purify it to the point of drinking it. With through this process? If we did it the other, the other step we did last time. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think you all were here yet. It was the first time. Basically, um, you wouldn't even need to use bleach necessarily. What you could do was you boil it. You you recreate the water. Oh cycle. right. So you catch. So you the boil steam. it and then um, you catch, catch the steam. steam and you put that into another pot. Exactly. And, and like you put plastic wrap over the pot and you like have a tube leading out. Like, exactly. So it drips down into another you, pot. You, you recreate the water cycle. You trap right. the steam. And then that should purify the water enough to drink it. Yeah. And you can do that using sun power. Oh, cool. Oh, that makes sense. That's really interesting. Okay. How might this group make their filter stronger next time? Well, we were thinking to first put, instead of doing like multiple stuff, we should put the bark at the top, mm -hmm. grass in the middle, and then rocks on the bottom. Okay, and why do you think that would be a better filter? Because the bark is like a sponge that takes away the um, dirt, and then the grass is really good for like taking out like the small particles, and then the rocks is like, what do you think the rocks do? Hmm. Um, uh, the rocks help filter out some of the dirt, like the last bits. Of Good. Now, the reality of this is, and Nepo can tell you, um, when I did this last summer, he actually just went out into the backyard and, and I had like four filters set up and he, he tried everything. So, you know, for those of you who are interested, it's fun to just play with this and see what filters work better. Okay, thank you. What would you all do to make your filter stronger? Probably maybe one rock, um, more bark, and more ferns. Okay, anyone else? Oh, I agree. Uh, just maybe some like wet leaves or moist leaves, mostly mostly stuff from like moist. Okay. Daddy. Yeah. Okay. Can I yeah.
I will leave you all with one interesting anecdote about finding water in the desert since Neto brought it up. So my people, the Tehuima Opata people, are desert people from the Sonoran Desert, the desert in Arizona. And you all know how we find water there? Yeah, Mexico or Sonoran Desert is in Arizona and in Mexico. Yes. Do you guys like almost dig? Or is it we do. We do dig, but you don't just want to dig anywhere yeah. in the desert because it's impossible. You need to calculate uh -huh. where to dig. Do you use cactuses? Um, you you can get some moisture out of cactuses, but mainly uh, we would use cactus for food, not water. Yes. Yummy. I'm going to break down what we do, because we use the um, intelligence of nature to help us find water in the desert. One, you break a branch off of a living tree. It has to be a living tree. A thin branch, maybe like that thin. Then, you walk around in the desert with the branch close to the ground. That branch has intelligence in it, and that branch will bend towards water sources when you come to them, even if they're very deep underground, even if they're 50 feet down, that living branch will bend towards it. I've, I've never done it myself, but I've witnessed somebody do this, and it was the most amazing thing I ever saw. The branch bent, bent towards a water source, he marked it, then he walked to the same spot from four different directions, and he was able to figure out where the water was, then sure enough, dug down about 50 feet, found water in the middle of the desert, and we built a well there. Yes? Um, do you think if he, um, he or she waited after, like a long time after they broke the branch, do you think it still would have been able to locate where the water is? No, because the, the, the intelligence in the plant comes when it's still alive. So if you wait for the plant to die, I'll give you another example. I'll give you an example of the fruit veil, okay? We used to have a big fig tree outside. And my dad said, you know what, I want to cut, I want to cut, Neto's grandfather says, I want to cut one of these branches off. And I'm going to take it to Colorado where it snows in the middle of, and I'm going to plant it there. It's like, okay. That little branch remembered when spring was in, in Oakland. So when the same week, the same day nearly, that the leaves started popping back, back up on the fig tree. That plant, which was states away, the leaves started popping up again. It was growing indoors, but it, it had a memory of when springtime was. Alright, so always, always be mindful of the intelligence that plants hold. Don't just see them as dead things and, you know, that don't hold any intelligence. While collecting materials for the lesson, I had the opportunity to talk with the founding student of Mycelium Youth Network, Mosiah. Uh, such a beautiful day. Have you been with um, Mycelium since the beginning, or is this your first yep. season? Ever since the um, beginning. What were some of the things you've done? Um, we only had one day of um, doing really techie stuff, like the... Um, we were gonna do some like um, <clears throat> how to use um, browser safely and um, 
stuff like that. That's cool. You learned like like safety and like technology use. Yeah. That's good. So that was like one of the first days. Yeah. That was the first day. Oh. Yeah, because you're using like, do you do videos too? Like you're using social media to yeah. like, share what you're learning. Yeah. We were doing social media um, ambassador. Oh, that's awesome. What's your favorite way to share your stuff? Do you have like, what's your, what's your social media tool? Like Facebook, Instagram? I haven't thought of that yet, but I'm probably gonna do YouTube. Oh, YouTube, okay. Yeah, then you could do videos and talk about what you're doing. Yeah. Awesome. This place is such an open ground and just like, oh. There's a bunch of wildlife, like. Yeah. That is actually a grapefruit tree. A grapefruit. Oh, really? They still have fresh grapefruits. And then that, I'm not sure what tree that is, but we can go check out the grapefruit tree. Wow, there are a lot of fruits on that tree. Oh, the little flowers are cute. They have it open. Mm -hmm. That means more fruits later. Mm -hmm. What's the hard, what's been a hard thing in mycelium? Anything um, been hard? Probably making tinctures and because, um, really knowing what's there. You made tinctures? What kind of tinctures? Um, I forgot what type, but um, I have them at my house. Mm -hmm. Made a lavender spray. Ooh, that's nice. What's it good for? Um, probably... I think the smell, and also um, it makes people come. Uh huh. Um, and I'm gonna use it for my new house. Oh nice. How did you feel during the wildfires? Um, I had to wear this special mask, mm -hmm. so it, um, it was kind of hard to breathe. Yeah, I remember that. I remember at Roses, everyone had to wear masks mm -hmm. to even go outside. Yeah, and you guys didn't have recess, huh? Yeah. Sometimes there are deers here. Oh, that's nice. Back in the classroom, materials are being prepared for the second lesson of the day. So what's your name? Phoenix Armento. Hi, Phoenix. It smells really good right here. Can you tell us what you're doing? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm dividing up herbs right now. Uh, so we're gonna, uh, the kids know most of these herbs, um, but they're gonna use them as a review and look at uh, what are the medicinal qualities, uh, you know, does it match any of the things that they need in their family? And then we're gonna make herb bundles out of them. That's beautiful, yeah. Oh, it smells so good. <laughs> I know, I know. Can you um, name some of the ones that you have right here? Yes, so the ones that the kids really know well are, we've got rosemary, so we did a little section on rosemary. They had some rosemary tea and they propagated rosemary. And we have lavender. Uh, this is California sagebrush. Uh, over here we have various sages. Some hummingbird sage. This is eucalyptus. And this is Peruvian peppercorn leaves. Which, oh, they're beautiful. Yeah, they have a tree out here. Yeah, I, I've never seen one before. Oh, the yeah. The little pink ones are so beautiful. They're everywhere in Oakland, too. Well, I mean, in California. And what are these ones over oh. here? This, so, this is yarrow. Oh. This is, um, this one is, uh, called lamb's ear. Mm -hmm. It's a natural bandage. 
And these are Cleveland sage. This one smells really good. Yeah, those are the ones that I was standing right yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see these ones all the time. The, yeah, the, the lamb's, ear. lamb's ear. Oh my god, so, they're so soft. These are actually a natural bandage. They were used in war times wow. uh, as bandages because they help your blood coagulate faster. Mm. I had learned about yarrow, but um, I don't see it as often. Like, I, I don't recognize it as easily as those other ones, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, beautiful. And how did you get connected to mycelium? Um, so me and Lil Milagro met at um, the California Adaptation Forum. Oh. And we started talking, and we realized that we had a lot of overlap in what we wanted to do and awesome. vision. So we've just been building together since then. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. So you're based in Oakland mm -hmm. with all your work? Yes. And you and Lil have been doing this on this side, right? You guys work multiple. Yeah, so I have a, um, a lifestyle brand called Woke Witch. Oh. And I host the Witches Walking Tour of Oakland. Oh. Uh, so I have a, the Witches Walking Tour of Oakland is a tour around Lake Merritt. I show people the magical, medicinal, and practical uh, uses of all the herbs around the lake. Mm -hmm. And then with Woke Witch, I'm, I'm doing it to like, I want to, the, the idea is how to teach people how to live regenerative lifestyles. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you forage in the urban environment? Like, how do you use these herbs as your medicine? And also, you know, putting in some, some magic with it. That's beautiful. You both are very integrated in... The, your work is just integrated in your lives, it sounds like. Yes. Awesome. Empowering the community, youth, sharing inf knowledge and information with them. Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Everybody remembers Phoenix? Hi. Yes. So a lot of times that is done with white sage. 
but a lot of problems that we're having today is that people, like white sage is so popular that it's being over-harvested. And the indigenous people who use it for their ceremonies are losing access because uh, a lot of other people are using it. And the thing is that, you know, you can use a smudge, you can get a smudge out of any, any aromatic herb, right, that it does the same thing. And we have a lot of native plants here that we can use just as well. And it smells amazing. I'll tell you, I make sometimes, I make smudges with just the all lavender ones. If you burn that, that makes your house smell amazing. Uh, and then it, it cleans the air and it's, and it's all good. So it's really simple how I do this. You know, you pick which kind of herbs you want and you just put them together like a flower bouquet. You know, usually I like to put the big ones at the back. And then... Can we take them home? Hmm? Can we take them home? Yeah, you can take it home. So, so I make a little bouquet like that, tie it on the bottom, and just wrap it like a spiral up. Go as far up as you want to go, and then you just do the same thing back down, but at an angle. And you know what? It, everybody has a different style how they do it, so don't you don't have to do it exactly the way that I do it. You can make up your own style, your own personal sense how you want to do it, but then when you're done, you just have it like that. Then you let that dry for about a week, and then when you're done, you can light that in your home and, and use it as a smudge. How do you dry it? Just leave it out. Leave it on a place where it's not going to mildew. Which one is this one there? That's a California sage. To swish in people's faces. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. I know. I'm having lots of flowers. That's spirits away. That's spirits. Go away, bad spirits. And never come back. Never come back. Seriously, I, I, if I if I don't take home any any plant material, I'm okay with that. So just like I've, I've got this all for y'all. Yay! I'm going to make ten. Awesome. I'm I'm gonna gonna make, you can sell these too. I'm you know, they, they sell it. these on, in Urban Outfitters for like totally twenty-three dollars. It looks like a bouquet. Twenty-three. Yes, they sell them for like twenty-three dollars. Yeah. When you were saying that sage is being taken by a lot of people because it's trendy right now, yeah. The first thing I thought about was Urban Outfitters. Yeah. It was like all those. Stores are like, oh, this is selling, it's trendy. Yeah. Let's just take it yeah. and then people who need it can't get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I like white sage. It's, it's a lovely scent. But uh, I love Cleveland sage even more. I love lavender. I love rosemary. Like all these different scents that we're missing out on because we're focused on. It's just like my, my dream that they would continue this and start gathering their own and just making their own. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, the more they see it, the more they get remember it and get used to like recognizing it. Yeah, it's like reading and comprehension. The more you do it, the more it retains and it becomes natural. And so the fact that they're getting this knowledge early, it's just gonna it's gonna get easier to retain that knowledge. What are ways that people can support mycelium? Well, we're always accepting donations. Uh -huh. But I mean, I think the biggest thing is we're looking to get into schools. Uh, I have this number, the 2030 number in my head of like when, you know, we have to really reverse the largest effects of climate change. And so um, for me, I have that number in my head as like, how do we train as many kids as possible, as quickly as possible? 
uh, on climate change. And so, you know, if you have a school that you know, or a teacher, or a principal, or somebody that we can, you know, get in contact with to start running programming, I think like that's one of the biggest ways is to just start helping us get in contact with the people who can help us train children, like youth. I think that's one of the biggest ways. Well, obviously, we are always accepting donations. We're a very small organization. Mm-hmm. And I think just spreading the word. I think whether it's like us training or any other person, like I, I'm, I am really concerned about what's going to happen, uh, particularly f- with frontline youth of color mm-hmm. uh, from targeted communities. And so as much as possible that we can do to train those youth up and to just train each other. So maybe mm-hmm. another way is also just like parents learning basic disaster preparedness kind overall. of thing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your website? www.mycelium, M-Y-C-E-L-I-U-N, youth, Y-O-U-T-H, network, N-E-T-W-O-R-K, dot org, myceliumyouthnetwork.org. And you guys have social media? We are. We're on Facebook, and in theory, we're on Twitter, and in theory, we're on Instagram. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> we're mostly on Facebook. Yeah. Do all the kids have their own blogs? Through Mycelium or is it on there? They, they will be through the Mycelium oh, website. Awesome. So they uh, can see all the pictures that they're taking yes. and videos. And right, yeah. right, that's right. Okay. Uh, and then ideally also on our social media pages. Uh, so that was another reason I created the Social Media Ambassadors Program was because I'm not very social media savvy. Mm-hmm. And I don't want, I don't necessarily think I should be the one as a 30-something year old telling, you know, tweens and teens uh-huh. how they should prepare. I think it should be their peers that are helping them prepare. Uh, and then uploading it in a way that feels relevant to their peers. Mm-hmm. So It's so integrated in the culture now. So what a great way to share that information and knowledge. Right. Makes it accessible. Because right. if you didn't have that social media, then we tend to lose out on some of the ways that people are connecting or that's learning right. about things. That's right. Yeah. And I think that that's what to me is exciting. And it's already empowering them to figure out how to translate what they're learning and sharing it with people. Right. And then it makes them feel, and they are, they will uh-huh. be climate leaders in the future because this is the world that they're inheriting. And so, yeah, yeah. so we'll see. And what's the age group right now? So uh, Right now it's third. We have three third graders uh, through seventh. And our curriculum is written for third through middle school. We're looking to expand out into high school, but for right now, um, the curriculum we have done is third through middle school. That's great. Do you have any programs coming for the summer? You mentioned um, the wildfire preparation. Yeah, so we're definitely going to run a six-week program during the summer. Mm -hmm. I haven't figured out the dates yet, but we are pre-registering right now on our website, and then we are in the Heads Up program through Head Royce. Oh, awesome. Uh, So Head Royce runs a four-week summer program, and so we're doing their science program, because a lot of our stuff is like super Uh science-based, and so we're going to take over their science program and run mycelium curriculum. So kids in that group will be doing something similar to what we did here, where they'll be like learning about different plants and plant life cycles, plant ecosystems, but then they'll be doing like medicinal first aid kids, they'll be learning about permaculture, they'll do... They might do gorilla grafting. I've been looking into it. So how do we graft fruit trees onto wow. uh, ornamental trees? Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely going to do the water is life. Mm-hmm. And then the older students will be doing solar panel batteries. Oh, wow. And then they'll, again, do the like big water catchment systems. They'll be doing more like renewable like energy, mm-hmm. um, the 8th and 9th graders. So that's that program. And then we're gonna we're looking to add two schools to our year long program awesome. that we run. So um, also, I spoke to one of the kids, and they were mentioning that one of the first classes was about technology and safety. Or yes, that's responsible amazing. media use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. responsible media use. That's amazing. And 
what did what was like from your perspective because I got you know the translated version mm-hmm. what was that like and how did you come up with that yeah so that's the social media ambassadors program mm-hmm. and so we had um, Aya Nagano from um, Midori Law Center come in and run training and so she's a lawyer and so she was talking to them about responsive social media use and but mostly like the underlying piece was like how do you use your voice to tell a story and what is a story you want to tell in relationship to climate change or in relationship to climate resilience uh, and so they came and they learned right so it's not just the students are like oh that's really interesting and then like let me post it online it's just like how do we create responsible social media use and what that means three of you who are still here let's go outside and let's close this up And the way I've been taught, the little ones can always kind of come in and out of the circle as they need to. Okay. Well, um, it's been, I've gotten a chance to work with all, all, many of you before. Um, been working with Mosiah since he was in first grade. Um, but I feel truly honored to have been able to uh, share these couple weeks with you all. Um, I hope that you all learned something, uh, that you appreciated the curriculum, um, but I also understand that, that we have room to grow in terms of making it more interesting for all of you. Um, I know that a lot of teachers won't tell you this, but they're here, we are here to serve you not the other way around. You're not here working for us. We're here working for you. So um, in that, with that in mind, I really would love to hear, you know, what worked for you uh, these past six weeks, what, what you liked and what you feel like we can do better moving forward. Does that make sense? Okay. And I also just want to thank my beautiful partner, Lil for um, holding this space so beautifully and for uh, being so fierce with this vision to, to, to bring my Sylvia into, into, just to bring it to life. So, I'll pass it to you. If you have anything to say, what you think went well and what you feel like you can improve on. Well, I'm so glad this is Right now. So, I'm also thinking of everybody that's not feeling well today. Lots of people were sick. Uh, but yeah, I'm just really grateful. I think just the way that all the kids came together, the way that the adults came together, makes me really happy. So, that's what I'm taking. I'm feeling very, very much gratitude for the first inaugural class of my silly and me in the six week iteration. Um. I like that we made bundles today and we got to work on purifying water and we can improve on maybe, um, I'm not sure, I think everything's great. Thank you for letting me be part of this and I deeply appreciate this important work and I hope to help spread the word about you guys. Well, I thought that everything was really fun. And I thought it really spread my knowledge. And I thought that maybe it'll help me.
I do recall we were talking about you're possibly going to do a summer, another summer thing about around um, forest fires or like because right. the wildfires have been getting more intense in the last right. few years. And so right now what we're looking at is actually for the beginning of the fall. So late summer, early fall is having either a four or six week program that was more focused on air. Uh, and air would be anything from like building out um, like DIY air purifiers that don't cost hundreds of dollars, right? Because the one I have at my house when all the fires were happening do, but it's not necessary. And you can you can create an air purifier in your home that has like relatively the same effect as like my $200 air purifier, right? And so it'll be something like that. It'll be probably creating uh, what Phoenix actually refers to as like a detox box. Phoenix is one of our teachers where you know students will start replacing all of the chemicals in their homes that they traditionally used to clean uh, with like natural solutions. Uh, and so it could be something like that. It could be, you know, definitely around like tree planting, the way that like certain, and then also the way that certain plants purify the air in the home. Uh, oftentimes like home in the air, or air in the home is much more toxic than air outside. Mm, wow. uh, and so, well, while we will be responding to things like forest fires, we also recognize that for a lot of our students, for me, who lives in the East Oakland flatlands, uh, that the air in our home could be a lot more toxic, mm -hmm. even than the toxic air outside of our home. So how do we ab address both of these issues? And I wanted to do it at the end of the summer, beginning of the fall, because of the wildfire season, um, but use that as an opportunity to also talk about what's happening inside our homes and how we're breathing in toxic chemicals in our cleaning products mm. uh, and, and, and things that we like generally use for maintenance in the home and how do we start transitioning to something a lot healthier. Yeah. Wow. While also taking care of that outside environment, right, with like tree planting and things like that. Yeah. Wow. That's also great because I... You know, a lot of us don't even realize how much toxic stuff is around us every day. And even when the fires were happening, people were not wearing masks mm -hmm. and kind of like acting like, oh, you're overreacting. When in reality, like other countries, people wear masks all the time. Right. Knowing that there's toxic stuff in the air. So like spreading that awareness of like what's going on in your home is so, so important. important. Yeah. And then it will also be actually... Um, you saying that made me think about like the other thing that we really want to do and again another reason why i really want to bring phoenix into this is to start thinking about like what are the herbs that we can start taking to purify our systems once we've taken in that unhealthy air mm, yeah uh, and so right now so I'm, I'm considering that's what we're considering right now for like a four to six week program and i want to like entitle it something like clean air is a right clean air is life mm. so we have to talk about how water is life and it is and then also clean air is also a right that we have uh and that in it is something that keeps us alive, that keeps us healthy, um, that brings us down when we're feeling anxious. I know I do a lot of deep breathing, and so it'll probably be a combination of all of those things. Uh, but we're we're looking to start probably like mid to late August, um, and it'll just run for probably four to six weeks. Awesome! Wow. Sign up today. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lo. This summer, Mycelium Youth Network is working with Head Roy School in their summer camp program. For grades eight and nine, they will be leading Empowering Youth Resilience in the Age of Climate Change. For sixth and seventh grade, they are teaching Understanding Our Living Ecosystems to Create Positive Change. You close up by acknowledging every person in the circle. So, um, I'm a huggy person. I know not everybody's a huggy person. So, the way I close it up, I'm gonna turn to Ms. Lil, I'm gonna give her a hug heart to heart, okay? 
and I'm going to go to Messiah, I'm going to go in for a hug. Now, now, if everyone doesn't want to give a hug, that's perfectly fine, because I know not everyone's a huggy person. You can shake my hand, you can give me a dap. If you want zero contact, just give me a wave. Or a or in, or in, No, we can do better than that. <laughs> we, we can do better than... No. Give me a wave. Um, so I'm going to come in, then Lil's going to follow me, and we're going to close out the circle like that. I know it doesn't make sense now, but when you see it, you'll see it. So I'm coming in for the hug. Heart to heart. Now Miss Lil, I'm going to come in for a hug right here. Now Miss Lil's going to follow me this way. Can I give you a hug? There we go. Can I give you a hug? Mm -hmm. Thank you. A big thank you to Lil and the Mycelium Youth Network community for allowing us to spend time with them and to share their story. For links and more about Mycelium Youth Network, check out our show notes at iTunes, Spotify, or at WeRiseProduction.com. This podcast going to be on. It's just going to be online. So my friend Kat and I do podcasts. It used to be on KPFA. Are you going to put it on um, Spotify? It'll be on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. So you can find us on Spotify, and then we're also on iTunes. So we'll let your your mom know, and we'll let Lil know, and everyone know when it's up, so you can listen.